0: Welcome to Investor's Gallery, where it seems to be a running theme that every week we shoot a live conversation with experts and investors, and I never seem to be in my art gallery. So this is the office that I built. I also built an art gallery on the other side of the camera, and I've been really busy. So... What happened this week, I was able to take my wife to Costa Rica and we spent uh, about a week there and we just got back yesterday and we had an unfortunate death in the family and I'm leaving right back out in a couple hours, which means I won't be able to get to work on the art gallery. So the art gallery is really cool. It's just a little, a few things that I need to do to touch up. But I promise one of these episodes soon, I was planning to get it finished this week, it's not going to happen this week. So maybe next week when I come back, um, I can finish the art gallery and we can have an actual episode in the art gallery since it's called Investors Gallery. So, but this stage here, this background, this is where we do the interview for Visual Capital. And that is a conversation between me and a panelist or interviewee or whatever you want to call them. And they are some kind of expert in the real estate field. So we have a whole line of people that will be joining us for Visual Capital uh, this week and next week. I think we have about six people in line. Um, I, I stopped accepting, I uh, stopped sending invitations and requesting people to come on, and I kind of stopped accepting people or requests to come on because you know I, I have so many people. I want to ha- go ahead and get those people out the way. So normally I start with a come-up story first come up story was Honda and how he was uh, born a bicycle maker and how he went through his trials and tribulations to become Honda. Um, But it's, it's always a story about an individual finding the treasures that they have inside themselves, discovering those treasures, polishing those treasures, and being able to show what they have to the world. And this week, The story is not about a famous person or uh, a wealthy person who was overcome this week. The story is about you, because what you have to understand, every successful person and every person who is or was, quote unquote, a failure have the same things. They have the ability to talk. They have the ability to move around, you know, and and everyone to a certain degree and everyone has their their gifts and their talents. But the one thing that remains in common is everyone has their gifts inside of them already. There are actually several speakers who have no limbs, no arms, no legs. Uh, One guy has no bottom half of his torso and another guy um, has no arms or legs. And they are amazing speakers. If you look at the person or people or group of people that you would like to mimic or reflect their success, they took the foundational elements inside of them, molded them, and used them for the field and industry that they became successful in. So let me give you an example. I like people. I'm really good with people. I'm in real estate. There's a lot of people who are not really people people, but they're good at real estate. Maybe they're good on a numbers end. Maybe they're good on a business end. I happen to be or to love to do all three. I'm not going to say I'm good at it, but I do like it. So what I'm challenging you to do is to understand whoever you are now is the same person that will be successful. You just have to finish polishing what you have on the inside. If your goal is to be a speaker, and obviously if you're here, it's probably something to do with real estate, but guess what? You have to speak to people in real estate. Anything you do, you're selling yourself. Elon Musk is in the tech industry, but he's still a salesman. He sells his company. Um, He has his, his specific goals and values and statues that he lives by, but he's still a salesman. He sells himself and his confidence in his brand. Same thing with Steve Jobs, same thing with uh, athletes, same thing with people in the real estate industry. The people in the real estate industry display and do showmanship to show you the investments that you're investing in are amazing and they're worth your time and your money. So whatever it is, whether it's real estate or not, you have the gift, but take who you are and mold that into the successful person. Do not try to be basically somebody you're not. So if you're not an amazing speaker, it's not that you can't be an amazing speaker, but if your gift is here and that's who you really are, yes, polish the things that need work, become better at that, but do not try to be something totally counter against who you really are. So that's my story for today, but I really want you and I really challenge you to look in the mirror every morning and understand and love who you are and take your gifts and further polish those and take your weaknesses and make them also strengths. So that's what we have this week. I, I hope that was was a blessing. Um we typically go into the markets. Um, the market, it seems like everyone is getting ready for a market crash um, or a market correction. I think so. I think with inflation and uh, interest rates and the, the lack of, I'm in Texas, there's a lack of inventory as far as real estate goes. I think all of that is um, an imperfect storm to create a market correction. So in saying that I would like your thoughts and, you know, it's just me and you on here. If you could take yourself off a of mute, if you don't mind, um, or if you do mind, you know, you can just put in the chats, Hey, you know, I'm, I'm around family or something. I don't want to want to talk. Um, but I would like to know who, on, who, who I have been blessed with on the podcast and what you do and, um, what ways I can benefit you. And if you could pronounce your name as well, cause I, My TV screen is really far and I can't see it. Let's see. And you're on mute. So you just have to unclick mute on your side. Cool. Cool bean. So I'll tell you about me. Um, And I appreciate that. Um, so obviously my name is Presley. You probably saw it in the email and what I do is obviously real estate. Um, my team and my company buy and build real estate, buy and develop real estate. So right now we are working on 300 units in Houston, Texas, uh, development. It is class a, and since we can't communicate, I'll kind of break down things a little bit. Because um, I'm not a, aware of your uh, level of knowledge in the real estate realm. So it's a class A. Class A is luxury. And it is also called a wrap. Wrap means hotel style. So we're building basically 300 nice apartments that look like a hotel. Um, we also have 150 homes that we're building in Michigan that we're partnering with the city to rebuild and revitalize the city. Um, I've been in real estate kind of literally since I was born. My grandparents owned a 13 unit apartment building and a 50 unit apartment building. Let's see. Detroit, Michigan. Yep. Yeah, well, Detroit and every other surrounding um surrounding suburb. That's actually where I'm going now back to Detroit. Um we had uh, my so my dad came down to help watch my kids and when he got back you know we, we found we had a a family member who passed away so yep got off one international plane to get on a another plane I I don't think I've traveled this much probably in my life um, I've been on a plane every two weeks <laughs> um, the rest of the stuff has been for uh, multifamily and thank you I appreciate that but it's been for multifamily and investing purposes. Um, so yeah, Detroit is where, uh, I'm from Houston and Detroit. So I've been back and forth my, basically in my entire life. And the cool thing is my grandparents allowed me to work, um, and help them with the, the apartments. So we live, my dad and I actually lived in the 13 unit, you know, obviously we ran it and, uh, we helped manage the, the 50 unit down the street. But also at the same time, my dad owned a construction company. So we would flip houses and we bought rental property. And a lot of times we would buy a distressed house, fix it, and then rent it out. And then use that equity to, you know, do other things, buy other properties. So I have literally been in real estate since I was born. Um, I started doing construction when I was six... Yeah, I will. I, my flight leaves at six in the morning <laughs> uh, tomorrow, so I'll be leaving from the airport at probably about three. So I went to Costa Rica last week, and it was an international flight. And I was with my wife, and I, you know, it was an anniversary trip, and I definitely didn't want to miss that. So uh, we left a little earlier than we probably should. Flight left, I was, uh coincidentally at six as well, and we got there like two. So, yeah, I will. Um, you should have my email. Shoot me an email with your uh, your number, because I think when I click off of this, if you put your number in the chat, I'm not sh- entirely sure if I can be able to get back to it. So if you have your if you have my email, just shoot me a um, shoot me your phone number or just shoot me an email. Obviously, you know, Texas come through just as fast as uh, emails do. And yeah, definitely I appreciate it. Definitely if uh, if I can get away when I get up there, I'll uh be nice to, to go to Coney Island because <laughs> that's where everybody goes. Um, yeah, so from there, um, I started an auto enthusiast country club because everybody on my dad's side is an entrepreneur, so I was born in real estate, but I kind of wanted to see if I could be successful on my own, and I brought the the Auto Enthusiast Country Club concept from, um, from Detroit. Clients were, you know, suburban base, uh, but brought that to Houston and did really well here and had clients, music mogul clients and politicians and um, some royalty from, uh, from India. And so anyway, that worked out really well and then transitioned over to a, a renewable energies tech company. And I just kind of still wanted to do real estate. I've always did stuff, but still wanted to do real estate. So I transitioned uh, back into flipping, did a few wholesale homes, and realized I didn't really like the wholesale environment. It's kind of sharky. It's um, it's uh, it, wholesaling can be a very uh, interesting grind and hustle, and I didn't want something that was so time consuming with, um, a small reward. It's, it's not that it's not a great industry or thing to do it's just it wasn't my cup of tea and you can't scale it as easy or as easily. Um, so I came back home to multifamily and it checked all my list. Um, you can scale it easily. Um, you can use it to create generational wealth. Um, you basically don't pay any taxes, The income that you receive uh, off the net or the quarterly return from multifamily, usually, if not all the time, gets eaten up by the depreciation of the property. So every year when you file your taxes, whatever profits you made is usually less than whatever the depreciation is. So you don't pay any, any taxes on your net income. And then let's say you buy a building for a million dollars and you sell it for two million dollars. That's what's called a taxable event. Well, if you find another property to buy within 45 days, I always forget if it's 45 or 90 days, um, then you can do what's called a 1031 and you can put that profits into, um, into your other building. It has to be a like and kind investment. So it can't be from multifamily to stock or from stock to multifamily. It has to be from you know real estate to real estate. But essentially you can create generational wealth um, in real estate and not really pay taxes. Um, if you ever follow Grant Cardone or look up Grant Cardone um, and Trump, um grant cardone just purchased uh well he purchased his first jet now, i forget what it was 20 million or something like that but he basically purchased it from multifamily money now he takes income um the, the taxable event from some of his property which we all do because you know we always want to buy something um but he had to buy an ad, he had to buy something to offset that 20 million dollars so and it's kind of like that with any business. If you have a, um, if you have a, a positive income, you know, at the end of the tax year, your accountant will probably tell you, you need to do something, or you're going to just give it to the IRS. So it's nicer to have a toy than a receipt. So that's what I always say. So yeah, I've been doing this, been in real estate. Yeah, actually, since I was six, um, I have pictures floating around online i can send it to you as well when i was six or seven years old uh working on the apartment and by the time i was seven or eight i was putting up drywall and laying towel um i think anybody can paint that wasn't really a skill but yeah uh, i was sweating copper pipes about eight years old maybe nine you know when my dad felt comfortable with the torch And then maybe 10, I was dealing with um, running wires for electricity and stuff like that. So, yeah, it was basically uh, free child labor. (laughs) So, um, yeah, I started this podcast, as I said earlier, because I wanted to create an environment for people to come, people to have questions either about real estate or about um, other industries and have a platform and an audience In an environment where that question can be answered. So, the the focus and the goal of the podcast is not watch me and listen to me talk. Um, And that's even with visual capital, that's not really the goal. The goal is to be able to come here and find out hey, how do I really find investors? How do I really um, vet this asset that I wanna buy? How do I really go into crypto? Um, Every meeting we've had has been a really successful meeting. Um, I, I did have one meeting where there was only one guy showed up. It was our second meeting, um, where second, it was the second, what do you call it? Event or podcast, whatever. Um, one guy showed up and again, I don't advertise, so I don't expect a lot of people to show up. Uh, but one guy showed up and this guy just happened to own 140 homes and multi, multi, multi-millionaire and very, very successful. So um, there's 95% of the time somebody on or somebody has been on who is the answer to somebody else's problem. Uh, I believe it was last week. Yeah, it was last week. Uh, Last week kind of started off like this. Um, It was one person came on when we started at eight. Another person joined at maybe 820. And then we had like 10 people join at 840. Um, The second person that joined, the first person uh, is the person who had the 140 homes and he's been pretty consistent. This is actually the first one he has not joined. Um, But the second guy who joined is actually meeting with my partner right now in Florida. And he is the manager of three funds Um, and I believe all three are real estate funds. So it's kind of like hedge fund that you hear about, um, where, where a lot of money is placed. Uh, a fund is basically an account that you tell investors, Hey, I'm trying to raise $10 million and I will pay you 9% or 10% or 15% or whatever you think that you can get for your investors, kind of, you can't guarantee, but whatever you think is the safest number, the safest, highest number to return back. There are different ways to gather money. Uh, A fund is one. A fund, you gather one big bulk. So you might raise 10 million or 100 million or whatever the case may be. Um, Or you can do what's called a syndication. Syndication is when you pull investors together to do one deal. So let's say you're buying an apartment for 10 million. You typically need, let's say, 30% down. So you need to raise $3 million. So you tell your investors, hey, I'm buying one building and I need to raise $3 million for this one building. And this is what we foresee that this one building will return. A hedge fund, you might buy. Cool. Yeah. Shoot me an email. We'll wrap it up because it was just you on here. So yeah, shoot me an email and uh, we'll try to connect in Michigan later. See you later. Have a good week. Cool. Bye.